Hey, what's up, Theologizers? It is Theobros, back and ready for another episode. Episode number six. Vinny Boy, you know what we got to talk about this week, don't you? Yes, indeed. So I put up a, a little solicitation for feedback with several several options for our next episode, and the one that got the most... Uh, most uh, votes i guess was the topic of why does god often seem hidden or absent so yes. that's what we'll be discussing today a kind of perennial problem the problem of divine hiddenness or divine silence which i think is something we can all relate to i think everyone has had periods in their life where they felt like they were reaching out to god that they were spending time in prayer and devotion, yet God seemed absent or seemed like he wasn't active or working in their life. So I think this is something that everyone who's been walking with God for any no any number of years or any number of any amount of time can relate to. So yeah. very applicable to people's lives. And something that I know I've experienced and been, I'm sure you have too. Oh, yes. I actually, I often wonder whether, um, whether a sense of kind of God being distant or seeming kind of hidden is the default or not. I mean, I guess I know some Christians talk about their spiritual lives as if they have a very kind of constant day-to-day -day sense of God's presence. Um, and although I've had very intense experiences like that, I don't feel like it's really a, a kind of default day-to-day -day thing. You know, I feel like it's something that really has to be cultivated or only happens every once in a while, in my own life at least. So I don't know. I and mean, what, what's your experience been, bro? Similar. I feel like there's been seasons where I felt like I was walking closely with God as far as feeling like he was very present in a day-to-day. -day. Um, but even within it each day, I feel like there's always moments where he feels very present and the moments he does not. And I feel like when I'm cultivating that relationship, when I have time, when I have resources, when I have energy, it he feels very present. But sometimes when I get thrown into the, the grind or I'm tired or I'm at work and I'm busy and I feel like I have to get a lot done and I'm stressed, Sometimes I lose sight of God and, and, and the feeling of God's presence uh, within a, within each day, just with all the little things we, ha we have to get done. But there's also overall seasons where I feel like God's more present, particularly in harder seasons for me. I feel like God has been much more, I, I feel like God is much more present um, than seasons where things are going relatively smoothly and I'm, I'm fairly comfortable so I've had my ups and downs. Um, overall, looking back on my journey and my relationship with God since I became a Christian or rededicated my life a few years back, 
I, I see an overall sense of um, faithfulness of God being there through the thick and thin, but that doesn't mean that there hasn't been times on a, on a day-to-day basis, but also seasons where I felt like God seemed more absent or more hidden overall than in other times. And I think you hit on a, a good word, which is cultivating that relationship, which I think we can definitely expand on. So similar experience as you've been. Um, but the goal is to, to walk in step with God at all times. You know, that's always the goal. We want to be in close relationship, feeling his presence in every moment of every day. So I think this is something that it's really good to discuss because we can work on trying to nourish our relationship with God and, and do what we can do to um, manifest his presence in our life. But I don't think we're immune to him feeling absent, even if we're doing all the right things, supposedly. And we'll also get into that is what, what do we do? Cause it's almost unavoidable that there's going to be times when God feels hidden or act absent. Many of the great Bible figures speak of God feeling them feeling like God is absent in their lives. David is one. Jesus. So this isn't something <laughs> Jesus is one. And so this isn't something that anybody's immune to. So I think what we want to get out of this this episode is first of all how do we draw close to god to where we feel his presence more consistently but we also want to get into uh, how do we keep a a strong faith and a strong obedience and strong love in our life and devotion to god through times even when we don't feel like he's close because our our walk with god isn't isn't always based on feelings. Um, it's, it's more dynamic than that. It goes deeper than feelings. And sometimes the feelings just aren't there for some reason or another. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a lot like a marriage in that, in that sense, you know, yeah. whatever cultivating exactly. a relationship with and trying to interact with the presence of God means yeah, like you said, it can't just be this purely emotional thing. I think a lot of people in churches, you know, might over rely on the purely emotional aspect and they maybe they kind of confuse an emotional experience, like every emotional experience associated with their faith as the presence of God. I mean, m- maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but like you said, I think there's a deeper aspect of what the kind of more abiding presence of God is, but yeah okay well i have a big kind of a bigger picture question so what do we even mean by the presence of god or like god feeling present versus god feeling absent so like what kind of do you mean when you when you say that i think it's where my focus is at any given moment. I feel like a lot of it starts with the head and the mind and seeing God in whatever you're doing or whatever you're going through at any particular time or at any particular moment, seeing whatever 
it is through the lens of, of, of God and through the context of, of your relationship with God, uh, whether it be at work or watching a movie or hanging out with friends or family or doing a, some sort of just mundane task, cleaning, but, but trying to recognize God's presence in those moments. So I feel like it's when I'm actively trying to focus my mind on that reality. And then what becomes of that is God feels more present because my mind is more focused um, and trying to align my mind with my heart on the fact that this moment is sustained by God, that God sees me, that he has a purpose for me in every moment and me just trying to awaken to that reality. Um, I don't necessarily feel like it's always a deep emotional thing for me personally to say, I only feel like God's present when I feel these deep emotional feelings toward God. That's part of it, but it's also just my, I think my awareness of God working in my life at any particular moment when he doesn't feel, I, I put a lot of onus on myself. I'm not trying to be high and mighty, but I do because when I don't feel his presence, most of the time it's because I'm being lazy with pursuing God. I'm not spending time in prayer or devotion. I just become more go with the flow in life and just kind of do whatever. And I'm not trying to focus my life and my mind on what is this moment? What is this activity? What does this day mean in the context of my relationship with God? So I, I determine presence as, as opposed to non-presence more based on my mental state, which I think is what starts my heart aligning to his president presence in my soul and everything else. I know a lot of people would probably say emotion and that's part of it, but it's not really the whole thing for me and not the, the, what I think of first when I think of what it means for him to be present in my life and, or feel, or him to feel like, because he's always present for him to feel like he's present as opposed to feeling like he's absent. Yeah. What, what about you, Ben? How, how, how do you define those terms in your own life? Uh, well, I think I'd probably agree with you that it's more of a, um, I mean, the more normal experience of it is more of just a kind of awareness. And like you said, it's a kind of awareness that can be more prominent. Um, if I'm being, you know, more of a quote unquote consistent Christian. Um, yeah, I'm you know being more consistent with you know going to church and reading the Bible and praying and stuff like that. That definitely helps. The main situation that I feel kind of quote unquote God's presence has been usually when I'm alone out in nature, hiking, and those sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. um, something I've been kind of thinking about lately is. I think in a way one's concept of God might have more to do with the degree to which or frequency um, with which one ex quote unquote experiences God or feels the presence of God. So I feel like most people 
you know, myself included until maybe more recently, the way they kind of picture God or their kind of concept of God is as this particular being that's kind of outside of the universe, but that interacts with it sometimes. Yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of pseudo deistic concept of God as opposed to, I think, more of the classical theistic concept of God. I think we see in the church fathers and medieval philosophers like Thomas Aquinas um, and the kind of mystical theologians where the concept of God is the kind of source of all being, um, kind of being itself overflowing into everything and giving everything it's it's being from moment to moment. And I feel like when you kind of think about God in that way, as opposed to some particular being that's kind of floating outside of the universe and zapping it sometimes, you know, but rather the kind of ground of all being that's like perpetually giving itself to everything that exists contingently from moment to moment. I think that view of God can help, at least for me, it's kind of helped cultivate more of that sense of God's presence in all things. Because when I think of God's presence, I don't have to think about it as like this, God is this thing that's kind of totally separate, you know, or totally outside of the universe, but is actually in some sense imminent in things as well. Um, yeah, so I this kind of a vague thing, but for me that kind of mystical or philosophical way of thinking about God, yeah, helps in a way because it kind of you can kind of ex try to experience God in the in the being of everything around you if that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And I agree wholeheartedly with with that. I think first of all the concept of God as being the ground of all being, being itself within and present in all things has helped me out greatly in recognizing God's presence in my life and in my experience and everything and everyone that I, I come in contact with in my, my life. That has been a huge positive idea for me that has helped me greatly in my relationship with God. And it goes back to what we've talked about before and in past episodes that your view of God has innumerable consequences. It's the most, in my opinion, important thing in your spiritual life is your view of God. And I know as Christians, we would all say, but Brett, we all have the same view of God. We believe that Jesus Christ is God and is God's only son. And there's a Trinity, God, the son, God, the father, Holy spirit. We all, we all have the same view of God on doctrinal levels. Yes. But, our view of God goes much, much deeper than that and how it manifests itself in our life. You can go one direction or the opposite direction going off the basic tenets of what the Christian faith says God is. It is 
it is truth and it is very important to understand that god is a trinity that jesus christ came and died on the cross for our sins all that is obviously the foundation of our faith and very important but there is so much more that needs to be unpacked out of that because we don't just think of god as a doctrine that we believe god is right now right here in this moment present in our lives and a relational being and relationships can be messy and relationships can take and manifest in so many different ways um it's a journey it's a process and we really need to know what what kind of god that we are in relationship with each and every day and it's so important that our view of god be right as far as what the christian faith tells us and unpacking the love of god all the way through then I think we can see and feel God's presence much, much more in our lives when we realize that God is in everything, that God sees everything, that God is deeply in love with us, that he's trying to woo us and have this dance of a relationship. He's trying to grow us up um, and that he is in everything. Um, I, I feel like we compartmentalize God. We don't, <clears throat> we know that God is God and that he is above all <clears throat> and in all, but we don't, we don't think about God in all. I know that this is something I struggle with. I feel like God is the God of the church. <laughs> He's the God of the sermons. He's a God of theology books. He's a God every once in a while when I feel inspired with a Christian worship song or a Christian message or a Christian prayer. But if God is God, then the, then there's no Christian context for him. He is in all things working for our good, and we can recognize him in all things. Because then if we turn off the switch where we think God is not, an absurd thought, but I, we all do it. Like, you know, I really felt God during the sermon on Sunday morning at my church. And then that afternoon when I heard a great U2 rock song and I was jamming out and I was singing at the top of my lungs and I felt those chord progressions, that was just my own little personal um, experience. That was a my, that was my Brett experience, that yeah. little U2 experience. I, you don't I, bring, you don't bring God into that experience. I completely agree, and I think part of that. Um, so, as a quick side note, there's going to be a lot of uh, ideological whipping of the Enlightenment and modernity in this podcast. <laughs> it's it's not a wholesale evil, but I think this is another one of those areas um, related to what you're getting at, Brett. This related to modernity and the post-enlightenment world where there's this kind of artificial division between the secular and the religious. Mm -hmm. um, there's the kind of, and again, not secular in, in the sense of atheistic or non-Christian, just in the sense that even most Christians have this default assumption that there's like the sphere of the secular 
which is like a sphere where you're it's nothing's like really overtly tied to god or anything like that and then there's the sphere of the sacred or the religious and that's like you're saying like churches sermons theology books and so forth and something that i think is important to recover and a lot of theologians have talked about this uh, particularly in a movement called radical orthodoxy people like john milbank um recently is that we need to recover this idea of the sacramental and sacred nature of all of life that this kind of artificial division has kind of gotten into our minds and the way we experience the world from the enlightenment but it's a very unchristian way of thinking about things and, I, and again i think most christians probably still do think about it in that way right because they're like oh i have my like especially in the west right where we can kind of get away with inner relative comfort, having our, our little kind of pocket of religion, or like pocket of the sacred. And then there's the kind of day-to-day -day secular life. Yeah. So like religion and the sacred is this kind of addition, right, to a bigger kind of neutral thing. Right? Yeah, like the, like the, the secular is almost throwaway. Like it's nice, but it doesn't have any deeper, profound, layered meaning on top of those experiences. It, it's almost like if we don't directly see Jesus's name stamped on it from society or from the the church, or it's not associated with something officially Christian, then all of a sudden it's subpar, that it's not as important that it's not sacred, that it's something that we don't take as seriously. But the irony in that is, is I think most people, if they're going to be honest, would say that they're the times that they remember for the most part in life and the times that they enjoy the most are quote unquote secular times in their day or when they're, they think that they're just simply in the secular mindset when they're going to a concert of their favorite singer or they're at a, a sports event or they're taking a, a, you know, a bachelor party trip to some city with their friends and they're, they're eating good food and having a grand old time, or they're just chilling in the, uh, the house or the apartment watching a, a great TV show. They, they don't even think that, Hey, God is very, very, very present in this. And the Holy Spirit is speaking through everything. And I had an experience like this uh, this week where I, I actually catch myself with this dichotomy in my life of what I think is secular and what I think is sacred. So this is something that I struggle with. And I think that most people probably struggle with this. And it comes from, like you were saying, Ben, the enlightenment, it comes from history and it comes from where, you know, the time in history that we live and you know, what type of thinking um, the people had in past generations leading up to ours and the living in the West and living a very materialistic time and we like to compartmentalize and I, I, I find I, this is something I have to fight against all the time. And I'm, and I, I feel like I'm getting better at it, but I know this is a struggle that everyone has because you even see it with people that are fellow 
Christians, right? Like you see them at church and you're kind of engaging on a sacred level. And then you're, you're kind of acting like it's not real. Okay. Now that we've done our sacred time and we've done our, our little, you know, powwow at the church. Now we're kind of hanging out after we're grabbing a bite to eat or we're, 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 we have friends over and now we're just kind of chilling, but God is in the chilling. God is in the friends (laughs) over. God is in the movie. Yeah. God is in the car ride home when you're not listening to Christian music. God forbid. Holy spirit. And this is, this is something that I'm, I'm, trying to talk my talk to myself on because I need to improve in this area, but I do want to be more engaged with the presence of God, especially through the Holy spirit. And, um, there's this one pastor that I really enjoy. He's out of Santa Cruz, California. His name's Rod Williams. And he, he's really big. I think more on the charismatic movement, but he's just really big on the love of, of God and, and, he has more universalistic tendencies in his theology, but he's he's a really engaging speaker and, and actually pretty funny too. And he is always talking about the fun that the Holy Spirit is. Like the Holy Spirit's going to and fro, not giving a crap. Okay. <laughs> we try to contain the Holy Spirit, but he is speaking and whispering and moving in all things. So if you want Holy Spirit to show up when you're kumbaya in prayer on the floor and you feel like he's not showing up, just wait. He might show up in that, I don't know. Let's what's what's a what's a good singer out there right now? Let's just say um I don't want to say someone like crazy, like Ari- <laughs> Ari- Ariana Grande or something, but you know, someone someone who has like some good music, maybe some hopeful lyrics and um, that's where Holy Spirit might be speaking to you. And I remember I, I was kind of feeling that way too this week, way going back to my experience this past week. And then all of a sudden, um, I, a song came on on my headphones. I like to just jam around the apartment when I'm like cleaning or doing stuff. And I'm always listening to music. And it was a romantic song. It was a love song. And then I felt like God was saying, just listen to the lyrics real quick right now. Don't just think of that as some guys or some girls singing about a romance like that's me talking to you right now and it was it was like oh my goodness because the lyrics actually started really speaking to this kind of deep love and i felt like god was talking to me through this through that song and and, and I, I love music and i love listening to songs and i like romantic songs you know i do i'm not gonna lie and god wants to meet me in all of those areas and all of those ways, everything I enjoy, God is in it. God's the source of it. Again, I'm preaching to myself because I don't always live as, as, as if this were true, but this is something that I've been learning a little bit on just in my own personal walk with, with God in the past couple of weeks. Um, I don't know, Ben, do you think I'm crazy or do you think people really do compartmentalize their, their relationship with Christ? as much as I say they are, I, I'm just speaking my own experience and assuming that other people I think have similar experiences. Yes. Yes. And I, and I think, again, it's so easy to do because I think we live in such a thoroughly secular and irreligious culture 
that there's just this kind of tidal wave, right, of of media and conversational assumptions and cultural assumptions and motifs and so forth that um, just kind of take for granted either that God doesn't exist or if he does, again, he's just, you know, kind of grandfather in the sky, you know, looking down at us and wanting us to play nice, you know. So I think, I think living in this kind of cultural context, we have to go more out of our way, right, to, to try to find the sacred in the secular as opposed to in previous generations so much of you know like quote-unquote non-church culture was still or even in the renaissance period it was still saturated with with biblical and religious imagery and motifs and themes you know um, and there was much more of an emphasis i think on beautifying things architecturally and yeah, and just in general with the arts. Whereas now, you know, there's you have you even have to go more out of your way to find really beautiful things, right? Whether it's like really stunning architecture or places in nature and so forth. At least if you live in certain areas, you know, where everything's just kind of about efficiency and a kind of surface level engagement with life and materialistic stuff. And so, it, you know, it's really it's, yeah, it's really difficult to cultivate the practice i guess of trying to find the sacred in the midst of what on its surface is a very secularizing you know tendency that's kind of constantly bearing down on us that makes sense yeah yeah i think we need to be very proactive to try to to try to uh, align ourselves with god and try to manifest his experience in our life the best we can. Cause again, I know we all feel like there's times when he's hidden or absent, but one thing that we can always do is control what we're exposing ourselves to on a day-to-day -day basis. And we need to try to expose ourselves to the good, the true and the beautiful, because no matter what, if we're doing that, we are engaging with God, whether we know it or not. So I think it's so important to do that. Sometimes maybe we're not going to feel like he's like right there when we're praying and, and we need him to answer prayer and we, you know, we really need him to come through and you feel like he's not because of circumstances. Um, circumstances aren't changing or they're not going in the direction you thought. So we feel like, like, where are you, God? You know, why do you feel absent? And sometimes it is a feeling thing. We feel more numb in life. We just kind of feel like, blah you know we don't have the energy to kind of conjure up this like emotional state that we feel like we have to be in to to be an active christian and and, and to feel like our relationship with god is really on fire we just don't have, we're just like whatever you know some days we're just like i just want to veg i just want to whatever you know we just don't have it some days because we're you know we we're dealing with you know, fallen minds and bodies that are tired sometimes, fatigued sometimes, aren't feeling well, aren't feeling better sometimes, kind of up and down all around. You know, we, we don't have like a consistent like, I feel great. I have tons of energy and I feel deeply right now, you know, and I'm filled with love and compassion. It's just not always going to be how it is. 
Yeah. But one thing we can do is we can engage again with the true, the beautiful and the good, whether that be reading a great book <clears throat> plug for George McDonald, or we're like listening to great music or we're watching a great film or we're, we're getting out in nature or we're trying to use, you know, walking into CVS to get some deodorant. We're, we're going to we're going to try to just show some love to the cashier and ask her how her day is going and just be genuinely nice. Look in the eye, engage, put down the freaking social media and just start engaging with good things. And God is in those good things. So I think that can really help us experience his presence. Because sometimes we're like, oh, God, I don't feel it. and But we're not doing anything. We're, we're, we're just vegging through Facebook. And, you know, we're, we're just kind of lounging. And, and we're, not, we're not actively pursuing the, what flows from God the beauty that flows from God that's all over the place and, and remembering that God is in that, that God is in the beautiful sunset. God's in the mountain that you're hiking. God's in um, the, the piece of art that you're looking at in the, in the museum that's, that's stirring you. And, and maybe in any other circumstance, you wouldn't even think about God. You just felt like, Hey, I'm getting stirred. That's a beautiful piece of art, but then you invite God into those moments and I think we'd be surprised talking to myself again at the same time that we would be surprised that the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus, they're whispering to us and they're, they actually are there, even though sometimes our minds and our hearts get, get clouded. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, um, so it seems like the, the main big point we've touched on so far is just this idea of trying to cultivate um, a right sort of view of God and certain practices that can help, I guess, make us more feel like God is present. So I guess maybe it'd be helpful to move on, though, to the other aspect of this question, which is even at the end of the day, even if we're kind of doing our best right, to cultivate the right ideas about and practices related to God, we can still end up feeling like God is distant, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's kind of more on us and how we're living or how we think. But a lot of the time, it just has nothing to do with us, right? And it's just kind of part of the human condition to have, you know, periods, whether short or very long, where we just do not feel whatever, despite our best efforts, right? Yeah. We don't feel like God is, God is present. Again, like even, you know, many of the, most famous saints felt this way, right? So the medieval Catholic mystic St. John of the Cross famously wrote a whole mystical ascetic text called The Dark Night of the Soul, where he described what he thought, what he himself went through, but he thought it was a normal thing, even if with the saint, right, who's doing everything they can to cultivate a relationship with God, that eventually God just kind of seems to withdraw and we feel like we're left and again, what he referred to as this kind of dark night of the soul where we feel kind of alone yeah. and like God isn't there. God isn't responding. Um, and that's not only is it a struggle experientially, but I think it's also a reason why many leave the faith or many 
kind of have this objection to the faith. Again, in the philosophical literature, it's just called the problem of divine hiddenness, right? Which is if God exists and he is as the Christian religion says he is, and he wants to have a love, a loving relationship with us, and he's supposedly pursuing us, then why is it so often the case that both for believers and non-believers, it just, God just does not seem present yeah. in any way. So, yeah. How, how do you start to think about that? Well, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't mean from what I was saying earlier that, that makes you immune from feeling like God, God is absent. And we, you know, we, we talked oh, yeah. about that at the beginning that we're going to go through. There are ways that you can um, be proactive and trying to uh, engage in activities and, and get in the right mindset that will help you feel God's presence more. But again, there's still going to be periods despite our best efforts as Ben, you were saying where he, where God doesn't feel um, present or doesn't feel like he's working in our lives. Um, that's, that's a, that's a tough question because it really does throw us off when we think, especially of how we think of God in, within the Christian faith and think of Jesus as having this agape love for us and desperately wanting this loving relationship and calling us forth. How does that, how is that reconciled in those periods where we don't feel like God is meeting us, even though we're pursuing God with all of our energy, that can be very frustrating. And again, I think this is a big deal. As you were saying, Ben, there's there's people who say, you know what, forget it. You know, I'm trying. I feel like I'm not getting anything back. I'm going to leave the faith, or or I'm not even if I don't officially leave the faith. I'm just going to stop trying. I'm just going to do me because it's obviously not working. Um, I have I've heard this before, and you know I've experienced this at times as well. And as as a starting point. I was listening to unspoken sermons by George McDonald again, and he was speaking to this a little bit in one of the sermons. And do you remember what the sermon was called? I can't remember show notes. I'll have to look it up. Okay. But he, he pretty much boiled what our duty is down to this when God feels absent, it's obedience that we are called to be obedient to Christ's teaching and what he calls us to do through thick and thin. And we need to stay the course, even when it's hard. And even when God doesn't feel absent to loving our neighbor, to studying the scriptures and studying what Jesus taught, and trying to manifest that in our life in, in practical ways, just practically following Jesus, even when he feels absent. And McDonald says that that is one thing that we really need to make sure we're doing through the good times and through the bad times, through when we really feel God's presence and when we don't. Because sometimes 
we use not feeling his presence to kind of ease up on following Christ in practical ways, ease up on loving our neighbor, ease up and having a heart and an eye out for the, the poor, serving our community, um, looking for people in our world that, that are down and out on the margins of society. Again, I am preaching to, not preaching, but I'm talking to myself on this. And I haven't been through a huge dark night of the soul experience and, and kept the obedience and, and have proof that everything, that God's presence starts to manifest itself once again. But George McDonald really hit on this idea of obedience. And I think that there's something to that. Because whether we use God's hiddenness to stop loving people or, or trying to pick up our cross and follow God daily, or we we haven't been doing that and we feel like he's absent. And then maybe there's a reason. But that that's when our faith really kicks in a high drive. Um, I don't know, Ben, what do you think of that idea of obedience? in this as far as something kind of not not a full answer but a, a starting point to work our way through maybe those um dark nights of the soul i mean i agree with that i in a way it makes me think of um there was a christian philosopher john hick um who he had a in philosophy land a kind of famous book called evil and the the god of love i think it was called and in there he gives this kind of you know theodicy or a kind of explanation for why there's so much evil in the world or potential explanation you know and it, he does address divine hiddenness and one of the things he says that that could be kind of related to this is you know god isn't just concerned right with being close to us right hmm. um and with us feeling his presence all the time he's also concerned maybe more concerned with building our characters right with with making us into a particular kind of being right and yeah. and he thinks that god kind of intentionally to help facilitate that in a certain way withdraws right he makes himself not obviously present right so we can cultivate certain virtues right like having to obey even if we don't have certain emotions or experiences right um or trying to cultivate especially the virtue of trust right we, yeah. we would never have to become right the kind uh, you know kind of supremely trusting or faithful individuals in any way that really matters if we just always felt right and were aware of god's loving you know presence and holiness right mm -hmm. and so god wants to be sought right he wants to be obeyed and he wants us to to create us to be or to help facilitate our own as john hick put it soul making right process he wants us to be a particular kind of being and it just might not be the case that we're going to become the kind of being that he is or that well, like jesus is right partaking of the divine nature if we're just forever completely reliant on certain experiences 
or emotions or having every the truth of everything perfectly clear to us at all times or guaranteed to us there's just something better about cultivating virtues you know um with god uh, the, cultivating virtues that could only be cultivated if god is at a kind of distance if yeah that that's a great point and it brings me back to mcdonald again because one thing that he hits on which is what you're saying is that the goal of of this obviously is to be in of this of our existence is obviously to be in relationship with god but the the end goal is with within the context of that relationship for god to grow us up into the image of christ to mold us into the true imago days that we are created to be and that's a, that's a process and i think that's a great reminder then when we feel like god is hidden because the bible says god is working all things for his good including those times when he feels hidden and we need to hold on to that and I think that builds faith when we hold on to that, hold on to the word of God through times when we don't feel it emotionally. We don't feel like he's right there. And I think there are a lot of virtues that can be refined in those times if we stay the course in obedience. Um, yeah. And I think in a way that the kind of supreme example of that given to us right is jesus's experience of god forsakenness on the cross right yeah the, my god my god why have you forsaken me that i think well on the one hand as you say you know emphasize in other episodes it emphasizes god's solidarity with us even in the midst of a sense of abandonment but i think it also illustrates that in the very moment right that Jesus, at least in his human nature, experienced this kind of the ultimate sense of God's absence, right? Or God's abandonment. That in the midst of that, we know, right, that what was objectively happening was God wreaking salvation right? yeah. for all of creation. And so it kind of goes to what you're saying that that example, I think we can kind of look to, to be illustrative of the fact that even in the worst, you know, cases of seemingly divine absence or abandonment, that God is working resurrection, he's working redemption. Yeah, for sure. God, as I keep on going back to McDonald, but as he says, he will make us into the image of God. No matter what, he will have it. It will happen. When we submit our life to Christ, he is, he's rolling up his sleeves and he is going to mold us into the image of Christ. And that is a long process and that involves a lot of different refining techniques, so to speak. And sometimes it's God carrying us through a difficult time. Sometimes it's God speaking love to us through a beautiful moment. And other times it's God's rem not removing his presence, but 
seemingly removing his his presence and asking us to stay faithful and all of those things are very different but they're all working on our souls they're all working on our beings and slowly but surely building us up into the image of christ and i like i like that c.s lewis quote where he talks about <laughs> you know when you give your life to to jesus you initially think you know God's going to make me a, a nice little cottage and a little white picket fence and a, a little, a nice little lawn and maybe a little uh, f- flower bed, you know, maybe he'll give me a free elevation t-shirt. Yeah. A free elevation t-shirt, but right. God is a carpenter after all he comes in and he starts busting out walls. You start to hear, uh, drills going off and it's all this crazy stuff going on. And you, it's almost like you didn't know what you signed up for because we are, we are broken. Imago days. It's, We're broken creatures. Ex- extreme makeover Jesus edition. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it hurts circumstantially in life. There's pain, but, but sometimes it hurts because we feel abandoned. We feel lost and that hurts the soul. But, God's working through it all and he's bringing us to where we need to be. And that is our faith that we have. Um, No matter what we go through, we got to remember that God is good as, as the author of the shack, William Paul Young says is we need to always know that God is good all the time. No exceptions. Cause the minute we lose that, we got nothing. We don't have a ground to stand on. We have to know God is good all the time. When we see the tragedy in the world, when we feel abandoned, when God even feels absent, God is good all the time. No matter what's happening, that is the bed, the bedrock. And that's hard to believe sometimes. Definitely is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but again, maybe that's why we have to just continuously look to the, you know, the worst thing that's happened in human history. Golgotha was, was immediately preceded by the best thing. The most yeah. The things. Res- resurrection. Yep. You know, I was also thinking too, uh, going back to what we were talking about a minute ago, in terms of human relationships, I think we can see that kind of principle of like character building and how certain relationships are more valuable in a certain sense than others when they have been kind of tested by fire, particularly the fire of absence. Um, yeah. Where, you know, so I think we'd often say it's the strongest, you know, romantic relationships are the ones that we can be most confident about are strongest or ones where they've had to be separated. Right. Yeah. Often for long periods of time, whether because they both yeah. work in different places or one is in the military or whatever. And I think we kind of naturally recognize that partners who have to go through that sort of experience, you know, maybe even repeatedly, that they're cultivating, if they can push through it, they're cultivating a deeper and in a certain way, a more worthwhile kind of relationship by going through that, as opposed to having the kind of relationship where they, they always feel overtly first over for each other they're always in each other's presence you know um yeah 
those, those things are good, but they don't, I don't think they're as deep or rich or as virtuous as relationships that do have to be tried by periods of absence, you know, and numbness and those sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it reminds me of those, those videos of homecomings from mil military men and women coming from overseas and they surprise yeah, I love those. their, their family. And I don't think you can see a more real visceral vision of love than you see in those reunions. And that doesn't happen without the absence. Like you were saying, Ben, that's a critical part of the, the, the manifestation of that beautiful love and embrace that you see between those family members who've had a period of, um, of distance and absence to one another in, in this beautiful way, it, it, it creates the most beautiful picture of their love for one another that you couldn't get any other way that you wouldn't get if they were not absent from each other. Yeah. It also makes me think of, you know, um, Odysseus, you know, his whole uh, journey in the Odyssey, you know, for years and years trying to make it back um, to his wife um, in Ithaca. Um, yeah, so I think it's something we recognize both in our own, our own lives and in literature and in, yeah, you know, whatever videos or movies or... Um, yeah, it's still hard, but I think yeah. trying to see it through through this sort of lens, you know, can, can be helpful. And like yeah. you said, you know, everything I'm saying now is stuff that I myself need to <laughs> remember and take on board <laughs> more consistently. Yeah. In general, on these podcasts, I think we're always talking to ourselves as much as we are to anyone else, because at least I can speak for myself. I'm definitely consistently a, a failure. <laughs> um you know, yeah. stumbling forward, as they say. Yeah. You know what else I think can can help in this area when God, God's feeling absent is talk to one of your Christian brothers or sisters, one of your brothers or sisters in Christ. Pick up the phone and tell them how you're feeling. Ask for prayer. And I think that can go a long way to just hearing someone else who is walking the same journey you're walking, following Christ, they might be in a stronger place than you are at the moment and they can really lift you up in prayer. And I think when someone affirms God's presence in your life and, 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 and lifts you up personally into their prayer life up to God, I think that can go a long, a long way. It, it can, I think it can really rejuvenate us if we're feeling down and out, if we're feeling abandoned. I agree. Um, reach out to you, reach out to you is that, you know, the church is the body of Christ. And ideally, oftentimes the way in which God wants to be present with us is through other believers is through his church, you know, and I know it's easy for me, probably for many other people, especially as introverts, to kind of be shut up in our own heads and our own world. We don't really want to go out of our way, um, maybe to talk to other Christians about some particular issue, you know, but I mean, that's why the church exists right? to be, yeah, to try and be God's faithful presence to each other and to the world. 
um, as we wait for the great unveiling. For sure. Again, like you're saying, we're, we're the body of Christ. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. We all have our different roles to play. But also, when someone else is weak, there will be others who are strong in those moments. And the strong ones should be called to lift up the weak ones. And then when the weak ones are strengthened and the one who helped you, if they feel down and out at another time or they feel like God's absent down the road, you build them up. It's that love that we have for one another. It's the living, breathing body of Christ. And I think we need to utilize that. We, we shouldn't just go, we shouldn't just lock ourselves up in our own heads and go it alone. When God's feeling absent, request prayer, um, get with people, tell people how you're feeling so you can get support. And, and God just might be waiting for you in the eyes of another person right there looking back at you because God is within us. So true that I, I think again, like we should, we really need to realize that God might be in places that we don't expect. You know, he, he's in the small, sometimes he's in the little wonders. He's in the unexpected. Um, and I think we just need to keep our eyes out for him because he is there. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then, so in summary, keep a weather eye on the horizon. God will be waiting for you on the other side. And when you have that embrace, when he embraces you, you will hear him say that I never left you. He was never gone. Just like uh, the phrase song, you found me. Where were you when this? Where were you? When I was going through this and then God will embrace you. Say I was always there. I forgot about that song. Yeah. What is that? The you name of the song me. is you found me. Yeah. You, you, we, found me. you all should go listen to that song. That is an excellent song. Actually. I haven't listened to in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. You found me by the fray. Um, yeah. Anyway, Ben, um, how about we end in a little prayer? Cause this is like a struggle. I think a lot of people go through and you know, me, to be completely transparent, you know, me and Ben, we had some technical difficulties. We weren't feeling that great doing this. I'm, I'm very glad we did. And I, I just think I, we need to cover this in prayer. You know, we haven't prayed on the podcast yet, but I think just this would be an appropriate time to do it, especially talking about those times when we feel God's absence. Um, so, Ben, do you do a quick prayer and then I'll, I'll, I'll pray after you and then we'll close out? Sure. Yeah. All right. So, Heavenly Father, thanks for... Uh the time that Brett and I have to do this podcast and to help our ourselves think and feel through things and hopefully some other people and uh, help us to continue to do it and to try to take our own advice every once in a while. And uh, now I'm going to throw it over to Brett. Yeah, God, we just, we do thank you um, for the opportunity to be able to, to do the podcast and, um, for me and my brother just to talk these things out and just what a blessing it has been. But God, I just want to lift up anybody who might be listening, who's feeling like God is absent in their life right now. And hopefully this was an encouragement, but God, I pray that you would sustain them, that you would speak to them, God, that, that you would remind them 
whether it be through this podcast or, or through support in their own life or just through any means that you use that you are with them, no matter how they're feeling, God. And I pray for those who feel like God is absent right now, that they would stay obedient, that they would stay the course, God, and 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 stay in a place of love for their their fellow human beings each day, no matter how they're feeling. And I know you will honor that, Jesus, because you love us more than we can imagine, no matter what we feel at any given time. And you are closer than us than we are to ourselves, God. Again, no matter how we feel, Jesus. And help us to remind each other of that and strengthen each other in that, because we know there's going to be times when we don't feel it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, theologizers. Well, it's it's been a pleasure. Episode number six, when God feels hidden, um, we uh, look forward to to putting out another episode soon. We appreciate you listening. Um, I've been Brett. I've been and continue to be Ben. And this is the Theo Bros Podcast. Have a good one, everyone. Peace. I found God on the corner. First and I'm a star Where the West Was all but one All alone Smoking his last cigarette I said, where you been? He said, ask anything